Hey guys, welcome to episode 48 of the Chan's Logic Podcast. Today I've got a special guest on today. He is an entrepreneur like myself who's built up a few businesses and has a lot of nuggets of value to give everybody. His name is Connor Gullivan. Connor, introduce yourself a little bit. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on the show today. Sure. So just a high-level overview for everyone listening. Um, like you said, I've been an entrepreneur for most of my life. I was exposed to it at an early age from both my parents and then also a cousin that I was working with. And my first business that I started was in college. I met my business partner that I continue to work with today with, um, and that was about nine years ago. And we were mainly selling products through the Amazon marketplace. And this was 2009, 2010, as Amazon was really growing and expanding in, in and around the U.S. So we were in there at a great time. We ended up building out an office and hiring full-time employees, part-time employees. And we also learned about the, the whole world of outsourcing and hiring independent contractors from the U.S. and outside the U.S. And so we were using a lot of websites like Upwork and Fiverr.com and Freelancer.com. And we would go through the interview process. We spent a lot of time doing that. But we just kept finding that we were running into a lot of turnover and we really wanted to create a solution that helps business owners to avoid that. And so that is what our second business is all about. It's named freeup.com, F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. And we actually interview and vet freelancers every week and then only allow in the top 1% so that business owners can get very quick access to top talent freelance freelancers and then help them build their business. So that's really what I'm all about. It's a little bit of an overview. I really love content and marketing and, and learning how to build businesses and be an entrepreneur. So I'm happy to be here and happy to chat about all that. Yeah, it's exciting. So walk me through what, what it was like when you opened your first business. I know a lot of people hmm. have a problem with actually making it happen because they're afraid to do it. So walk me through what it was like, how you started it, and what made you the, make the decision to jump on board and hit the ground running. Yeah, sure. So my business partner, who I was talking about, he was actually the first one to run a test run or, you know, a trial, so to speak. So he, he found some students on our campus who had bought textbooks for $200, $300 at the beginning of the semester. And then the bookstore was only offering them $10, let's say. So that was his first test. He found some students, bought the, the, bought the textbooks for prices higher than what the bookstore was offering, listed them on Amazon and saw if we could sell them. And he, he ended up selling a few pretty quickly and saw an opportunity there. And after that, he was looking for someone to come on and, and help him out to run the business. And, you know, I was, I was a sophomore at the time, so I was pretty young taking business classes. And I had always been looking for that next opportunity. And this one seemed like one that I could sink my teeth into while still taking classes, but also learn a little bit about running a business and, and the whole world of e-commerce. So that was kind of how that, that, that decision went down at first. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. So as you guys built the business up and you, and you learned more about what you're doing, talk to me about scaling up and learning how to not just have the whole thing depend on yourself and how to leverage mm -hmm. other people. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a huge part of building a business. I'm, I'm sure you know as well, but it can be tough at first when you're, when you're the entrepreneur or the solopreneur and you have a business that's getting off the ground, but you, you create all the processes. You start everything at first and you feel a lot of attachment to what you're building. And so it can be hard to let those go. 
And I myself definitely struggled with that as we were first building out the systems and processes of all the operations of the business. But luckily, my business partner was much more on the other side. He was always looking for opportunities to pass tasks off his plate and find other smart people that could help us grow the business. So our first hires as business owners were actually our college friends who were just looking for some extra money for the weekends or for whatever they were going to be doing. Um, and so it was a very interesting experience. We had to have a balance between our friendships and then our business relationships. But we also had to make sure that we were putting them into positions where they were actually helping us free up our time so we could spend more time on growth and getting new suppliers and, and trying to sell more products. Yeah, that's great. I think it's interesting hiring friends because yeah. you come in with a different dynamic and you, you're super close to these people. They're excited about what you're doing. You're excited about what they're doing. But over time, sometimes it can wane the friendship. So how did you, how did you work through that and keep these guys excited and friends with you? Yeah, that's a great question. So one thing we, we always did, and this was something my business partner and I did when we decided to work together as friends, was that we said we're going we're gonna to have a very strict line between friendship and uh, our business relationship. So if something happened while we were working on the business and we were arguing and, and weren't seen the same way, you know, we wouldn't let that bleed into our friendship. And you know, it's, it's easy to say there is a hard line, but we always practice it. We always preached it. And so with anyone that we hired, when, when we said, you know, we want to bring you onto the team, we always made that very clear. You know, this is, this is a strict line. This is how we want to function with this relationship. If you can agree to that, awesome. But if you think there's going to be issues, let's, let's not go down that path. Well, I can. Did you have any issues after? <laughs> I mean, it, we kind of went through a, a unique transition. So we had hired some college friends for about two years while we were all in college. And some people just kind of, you know, uh, I would say just went on to other opportunities as we all graduated. So there wasn't any issues with the with you know stopping working with someone there. Um, but I mean, there were some situations where it, it definitely bled into the two relationships. But we always tried to to do our best to manage it. Yeah, I like it. And so when you guys got through this business, how did you decide to to open up the one you're currently running, freed up? Yeah, of course. So. Um, when running the Amazon business, we eventually understood that Amazon was always going to be this umbrella over us as a, a seller on their marketplace. And at the end of the day, they had a lot of control over what would happen to us as a business. So they have a lot of policies. They're always implementing new policies. Um, and there's always changes going on within selling. Uh, so we saw that as a, a pretty large risk. And we wanted to eventually build a business where we were more in control of the brand. We could really build out a, a service or a product that was adding a lot of value to, to other businesses and, and other people. So after going through all those frustrations of hiring with other websites that I was explaining earlier, we, we made that decision to, to go ahead and test this new idea and see if people would be interested. I like it. And so as you were building this one up, talk to me about how that went, because this one's really, really people-centric and understanding people and how they operate and whether or not they're going to be a good fit for businesses who will either hire them or hate you for the people sucking. So talk me through that. Yeah. So the, the start of this one was, was similar to the first one too. Uh, it was very much a lot of trial and error. So that's a, you'll kind of hear that as a recurring theme in, in how we run and like to start businesses because you can have a bunch of ideas, but you don't necessarily know who it's going to hit home with. And so when we started this business, we actually offered three services. We offered e-commerce consulting since we'd become 
experts within e-commerce. We offered a how to sell safely on Amazon course that was, again, to bring in potential customers. And then third, we offered the ability to hire freelancers that we had worked with for years um, while running the first business. So for about six months, we offered those three and we found new customers and, and we kind of gauged how they were liking those three services and which they were gravitating towards. And after about six to nine months, we we saw that a lot of people were really enjoying the the pre-vetted freelancers that we had worked with before. And they liked that as a service because they could trust those people and they saw that another person, another business owner had had success with them already. So that's that's kind of the direction we moved after about nine months and, and that's what it's really been focused on since then. Yeah, I like that because it's really hard to find, especially freelancers who are going to be really good at what they do and who can who are going to actually say what they say they they can do. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time you'll hire fourteen people and you'll find the fifteenth one is finally the one who makes sense to keep. <laughs> right. Uh, so I think this is a really good service and a really good idea to get out there and already have people who are vetted and and ready to go and ready to hit the ground running and people who have that stamp of approval. And for our side, we found we have people both on location, remote people, and then a team of virtual assistants. And so it's it's really tough to find the people that you want to keep around forever and to get rid of the people who maybe can't do what they said they could do or aren't the, quite the right fit for you. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure you know from from having both as well that. Um, just the whole hiring and interview process is it's tough on both ends, whether you're meeting someone in person and asking them questions or whether you're doing it online. Um, and then the, the factor of actually managing them in both situations, again, is tough. So it's definitely a skill set you have to eventually learn and, and hone over time while you're, while you're building businesses. Yeah, and it's really fun when someone's sitting there in an interview and you ask them to describe the color yellow. <laughs> And they freeze, and then you're like, sorry, man, I don't think you're going to be a good fit because you don't know what the color yellow is. <laughs> but uh, So I think this is a, a really a really neat service for people, especially smaller businesses who don't have the time to interview and talk and, and do a lot of these things. And I think if you guys, it, when, you, when I'm on Freed Up and I'm looking through it, how is it organized? So I'd say from like my viewpoint, I'd want to go on and I want to understand the underlying aspect of this person. I want to get them sweaty and I want to understand what they would say under pressure and I want to really get dive deep into them and their culture and their personality to see if it fits in with what I'm going to do in interacting. Mm-hmm. So you guys get that deep into people or, or what does it look like? Yeah, we do. So our, our process or the application process, it starts first with an application that asks for just a lot of basic information about them, their CV, resume, online portfolio, and then we ask a lot of questions about you know why they're looking to join, what services they're offering, what bad experiences they've had in the past, and so everyone has to go ahead and submit that. People that make it through that go to a one-on-one interview, and like you were saying, it, it really dives into a lot of their experience to see if they actually have it. It then also talks to them a lot about their communication methods. So with remote freelancers, you have to be able to communicate. And if they can't do that, then we don't see them as a a great fit for working with a a business owner. So we do that. And then the final stage is their attitude or kind of their values. So when it comes down to it, are they doing this because they're super passionate about it? Are they just looking to make a little bit of extra money? We like to try to find those people that really love it. Um, And then the final step is a, a test that is all about how they communicate and what best practices they use to to keep in touch with clients as they're working with them. So the people that make it through that then are allowed in the network. 
I think that's awesome because I, I find often someone walks in with their resume and I just throw it in the trash because that's your ticket. Right. <laughs> you wrote pretty words on there and I know you don't mean anything you wrote on that same thing. So let's talk to you about who you are and let's get an idea of what makes mm-hmm. you tick and really what the what your culture is. And that's how you really understand how, how people are going to be a good fit and how you cut through the fray because everybody looks great in a suit and everybody looks great on a resume. But then yep. when we really get deep into the people, they may be great somewhere else or they may not be and they may be great for you or they may not be. So I think that's a, that's a great process and I think it's something that everybody can learn from as well. You really yeah. have to understand the people you're hiring because in all business is people-centric business. And if you can be people-centric both both on the, the customer side and the employee side, you're going to have raving fans who will follow you and take care of your brand forever. Yeah, man, I agree. And I think we always encourage uh, business owners who look to hire through us to to have that conversation to you know for themselves because what we can do as much interviewing as possible about the value and the communication of that actual freelancer. But once we introduce you to someone that, that fits your your person that you're looking for, you should also take 15 to 20 minutes to really dive into some of the values that are most important to you and, and make sure that that person is a good fit for your organization. Exactly, because you get one great person in your set. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it takes you 14 not-so-great persons to figure it out or people to figure it out. Right, yeah, that's true. So talk to me about building these these companies up. I know a lot of people who listen to this are trying to figure out either how to start or how to get people excited and, and interested about what you're doing and how to get people to actually care. And if you've listened to, to what I put out, it's all about building a relationship and understanding how far you go until you need to ask them for whatever you want them to do. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think having a, a customer-centric approach when you're starting a business is so important. We learned from selling on Amazon how high Jeff Bezos and their whole organization values customer service. And so as we were starting the second business, we were all about the customer from the very beginning. So we wanted to offer a very hands-on experience. We wanted myself and my business owner to be available to any client that wanted to use us at any time. And we still offer that to thousands of clients today by giving them access directly to our calendar. So. When we were starting up, the way that we saw real success with being hands-on and and being focused on the client was by actually having calls with them and and talking to them and and not really charging them for our advice as we were starting up. And then once they enjoyed our service for a good amount of time, we, we created a pretty awesome referral program where we started to pay them for every hour that was billed by anyone they referred and that's for as long as that person is, is using the network. So we, we created an incentive for these people that were creating a connection with us personally to help us grow and, and to kind of get behind the cause of free up. So I think that's a, a big way that you can grow a business when you're first starting. Yeah, that's huge. That's the idea behind leveraging your existing base and your already raving fans to grow it for you. Like, hey, like you guys love what we're doing. We, we're looking to grow and we want more people like you. And so if you have that referral program with awesome incentives, then it gives people a reason to do it. And I think a lot of people forget that you have to tell people to do things to get them to do things because mm. it's just how people operate and work. And so I think that's a great idea. Give them a reason and give them an, an incentive to refer out if they already love your service. Yeah, agreed. That is that is important that you actually ask. That's so it's so, it makes such a difference. So even if we had a referral program and we didn't ask people, it, it would it would be a lot different. But something we've made a habit is that anytime we meet someone, anytime we have a phone call with someone, our last thing is always, 
hey, and by the way, if you enjoy the service, we have this awesome referral program, we'll pay you X, Y, Z, you know, help us keep growing. So it's always something that's on the forefront of our mind to, to try to ask people to help us. Yeah, that's huge. I love it. So talk to me about where you guys are going next. What are you thinking for future plans? Are you growing, building, developing all three? What's going on? Yeah, definitely. So this year is, is going to be an interesting one for us. We we experienced a lot of fast growth last year. And, and this year, we're, we're seeing great growth as well. Um, and, and we're really focused on a few things. The the first one is is really bringing our software up to a, a level of some of these other larger uh, platforms out there, just so it's a really seamless. Um, you know, it's good on mobile. It's it's very simple for a business owner to come in and understand how to hire a freelancer without really having any issues. So that's a that's going to be a big step for us. And then right now we're we're actually starting to hire some more high level uh, marketing experts within a a number of different fields to help to bring our content and our marketing and our advertising up to a, a new level and and hopefully to reach more people as well. So. We're, we're continuing to push towards growth. We, we really see a lot of potential in the freelance industry right now. So we're just moving in that direction. I like it. So how are you getting people excited and aware about you guys and, and that you exist? Yeah, so one of the, honestly, one of the biggest ways that we do it is through coming on podcasts like yours. We find people that are running really interesting podcasts and have good communities of entrepreneurs or business owners or um, you know corporate corporations, um, and we go on there. We have these conversations, and it tends to lead to a lot of potential conversations down the line, and that we can help people with. So that's been a, a great lead gen source for us. Yeah, that's a good point. It's using a base of people that already trust the host and the podcast and all that to mm-hmm. showcase the product or service that could help them out. And it's really, if, if you're listening to this and interested, it's about the influencer style marketing. How can you find people who are in similar industries or in industries to where you could break into and get in front of them and get them excited about what you're doing? Yeah, agreed. It can be, I mean, it's blown, the influencer industry or just the world has blown up so much and the past five years, I would say, where there, there's so many opportunities to connect with other great people. And if you're not directly competing with them, but you can help each other out, it's it's very common now to, to set up those types of partnerships. So we found a lot of success with that. Yeah, it's huge. I think if you guys are listening to this, find the top five, 10 people in your area and try to jump on with them, get something going, make sure it works for both parties and everybody's excited about it. And then set yourself up for a winning plan. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, it all comes back to those relationships you have, right? So this is just another example of it, but more in a marketing light. Exactly. So I think this has been really good. Uh, I'd like to ask you one more question before we wrap it up. Mm-hmm. It's tell me your funniest story. My funniest story from work or from life? From anything. <laughs> funny. This is my story. favorite part. <laughs> oh man! All right, let me think about this for a second. I want to give you a good one. Um, <laughs> oh man, my funniest story. Um, okay, this is actually a recent one that's pretty funny. So my business partner and I, we were traveling to the Philippines um, to visit some of the freelancers that we had worked with but had never met for about six years. We went there and we were visiting them, and we got together with them on the first day. And uh, if you don't know, uh, Filipinos are, are a lot, they're much smaller. Not a lot of them are, are very tall, um, and they definitely don't grow a lot of facial hair. And so my business partner at the time had a pretty long beard that was uh, pretty red at the time as well. 
And so when he when we came in and we were meeting the freelancers for the first time, they were very taken aback, um, and, and they actually were calling him Santa Claus throughout the day. So that was that was pretty hilarious to experience that the these people that we had been working with for so long they're they're now calling their boss Santa Claus because of his funny beard. So that was very entertaining for us. <laughs> That's amazing. Got all these guys. Hey, Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That's awesome. Thanks for jumping on today. If people want to jump on and get already vetted freelancers, how can they get in contact with you? Of course. So you can head over to freeup.com. That's F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. And you can set up a meeting with me if you just click on the schedule a meeting button right on the site. And I'll also send it over to you so that you can include in the show notes. I'm happy to speak with anyone that's listening today. Love it. Thanks for coming on the show. Hope you guys found a couple nuggets of value in here. If you have questions, you can just shoot it to me, Chandler at stoneagefuel.com. And we'll go back and forth. You can check the show notes for all the links. And that's all she wrote. Awesome. Thanks, Chandler. Thank you.